Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Covers Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm yours, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this on June 25th. It's a Saturday. Happy Saturday, everybody. Uh, was going to record yesterday. Work ended up running long. So I wanted to get up here early Saturday morning before I went to my regular job to record this podcast to finally react on the mic to the NBA draft and the lack thereof trades involving the Atlanta Hawks. So when we come back from this quick plug, I'm going to talk A.J. Griffin, Tyrese Martin, John Collins, rumors, the whole shebang, the 2022 NBA draft has concluded. I was on the live show with the guys here with Sports Ethos. It was a blast. I was on for about an hour and 45 minutes. No food in my system. Hadn't drank water, but certainly was fun to um, talk NBA draft and talk the future of the NBA with some great guys on our network. So if you have not checked that out, go on YouTube, go on our page and check out the live show and see how your boy Brad did. I wasn't as talkative as I normally am, but I certainly had some reactions and some opinions and threw my takes out there. So if you enjoy NBA draft coverage, it's definitely something to go back and look at. But the draft is gone. The Hawks have made their selections. John Collins is still on the team as of right now. So we're going to talk about what the Hawks did, which Initial reaction, I liked the draft. I did. Wasn't crazy about it. Only because I was locked in on Obaji at the 16th pick. I really was. You guys know how much I love Obaji from KU. He ended up going to the Cavaliers, which stung stung a little bit. Because that's obviously who we played to get into the playoffs last year. And that team continues to get better. People in Hawks Nation are kind of fidgeting. They want the Hawks to do something. They're like, do something, do something. And I understand. We want this team to be better than they were last year. We were down. We fell short of expectations. We had a lot of injuries. 
locker room issues, coaching issues. There was a lot of issues with this team last year. And for them to still persevere and get the eighth seed, even though it wasn't what we wanted, it's still impressive in a way. Even though we are disappointed that, hey, we were in the Eastern Conference Finals the year before and we had a first round exit the year after. So now it's time to continue to push the needle. And as this is a very, very big offseason, and I'm like, I said it on the broadcast, I'm going to say it again, not tied to the rundown. Hawks need to go assistant coach shopping. As much as we talk about shopping John Collins and DeAndre Ayton and DeJounte Murray, all of these rumors flying around about players to improve our roster, we need to go assistant coach shopping. But I digress. I'm going to get back into the NBA draft with the 16th pick in the NBA draft. The Hawks selected A.J. Griffin, guard forward, more forward at Duke from, obviously, Coach K. Land in his last year. We have drafted a lot of Duke players recently. Cam Reddish, Jalen Johnson last year, and now A.J. Griffin. So we have a Blue Devil pipeline here in Atlanta. So they have to switch from blue to red coming down here. So I hope they're not cripping, but that's besides the point. AJ Griffin, I like the pick. I do like it. At first, I wasn't crazy about it because I said I was locked in on Obaji or I wanted Tari Eason. That was obviously separate from the LSU affinity because I just, I didn't think AJ Griffin was going to fall to us. I think AJ Griffin at the lowest, in my opinion, was going to fall 13-14. I thought he was going to be anywhere from 7-8 to about 14. For the Hawks to get A.J. Griffin, again, for a second straight year, they got a really, really good prospect or a guy that can potentially, and I think more so than Jalen Johnson because A.J. Griffin's game is a little bit more refined, to make an immediate impact on his team, barring Nate McMillan playing rookies, which is something else that Hawks Nation is very, very frustrated about. But I watched some film on A.J. Griffin. I did. And before I wanted to just give a knee-jerk reaction, I wanted to do my due diligence. I like Duke. I'm a Duke supporter, even though I'm an LSU fan. So I did see A.J. Griffin, but I wanted to really watch A.J. Griffin. And after watching him, I've seen comps, and I'm going to throw these comps around. And these comps, for what we need on this team, should get you pretty excited. Physically, and this is on his physical stature and how he finishes in the paint and how he uses his body to shed off defenders and finishing in, in the lane. Physically, they compare him to Jimmy Butler with his strength and mid-range game. He has a really nice mid-range game. He's really good at creating space and shooting that little mid-range jumper and knocking it down. He's a really good jump shooter, really good jump shooter. That's the thing that stood out. Jump shooting and three-point shooting when you watch his highlights and his film. I've also seen comps to Robert Covington. Obviously, Robert Covington, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, can get steals, assists, rebounds. I can see where they're coming from. Probably his physical stature reminds me of Robert Covington. But offensively, here's where the next two players should get Hawks fans excited. And I saw this in film especially with his ability to shoot the three and score. I've seen comparisons to Sadiq Bey for the Detroit Pistons, and we know how well of a year Sadiq Bey 
had this past year. And if you don't, let me let you know because I'm going to look up his stats really right now because Sadiq Bey was a problem. There was times where you look at the stats, he'd be like, wow, okay, this dude is scoring the ball. He's scoring. And Sadiq Bey, similar, similar frame to A.J. Griffin, 6'7", small forward, 215. And this is for Sadiq Bey. Last year, he played all 82 games, averaged 16 points, 5 rebounds, and almost 3 assists last year. He shot 34. Five, just under 35% from three, but he's a career 36% uh, three-point shooter in the two years he's been in the NBA. Pretty solid free-throw shooter, 83% from the free-throw line. He emerged as a really, really solid wing piece for the Detroit Pistons, who had a really good draft. I think they are probably about a year or two away in a move away in free agency, potentially Aiden, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later from being a playoff team. I like the bare bones of what they're doing in Detroit. Um, but obviously, I cover the Hawks, and I like this move for the Hawks. So I've seen Sadiq Bay comparisons and another comparison to a guy that people have talked about, hey, maybe the Hawks should take a swing at as far as trading for or seeing his availability. They said a jumbo-sized Gary Trent Jr. And those are purely comparisons because of the scoring prowess and the ability to shoot the three. Again, the guy's 6'6", A.J. Griffin, is 6'6", 7-foot wingspan, 220 pounds, has NBA pedigree. His dad, Adrian Griffin Sr., who won an NBA title as a coach for the Raptors, had a playing career in the NBA, went undrafted in 96, played in the CBA and some other leagues, but made his break in 1999, playing for the Celtics, and would go on to play for the Mavericks in two stints, the Bulls in two stints, the Raptor, the Rockets, sorry, in the Seattle Supersonics at the time. A.J. Griffin Jr., he knows the game. Elite jump shooter, as I said, three-point shooter. He was 49. I've seen a lot of numbers, but over 44% from three last year at Duke. Doesn't have great lateral foot speed from what I saw on film, but that's something that can improve. You know, speed ladder, jump rope. He's probably going to do the necessary things to improve that so he can be an even better defender because I think he can be a really good defender in the NBA because he's smart. He has instincts, even though he lacks some of that explosiveness and lateral foot speed that they require or want to see going into the NBA draft. As I said before, not as bouncy as he was in high school. He did have a couple injuries that did hinder that, but Again, smart, tough, strong player that could be a valuable piece for the Hawks next year if Nate plays him. But I still want to see his Duke counterpart, even though they did not overlap in Durham, North Carolina. I still want to see his Duke counterpart, Jalen Johnson, make a move on the floor. And he could potentially be pawned off this summer in a trade, in my opinion, I think. He would be a valuable asset for teams to want. But certainly I want to see what he provides for the Hawks as well. But Griffin, physical, can finish at the rim, mid-range, good at creating space despite the lack of foot speed. And I'm excited to see the impact he can make. I think he'd be a very, very valuable bench piece with his three-point shooting and floor spacing. So I like the pick. I like the pick at 16, especially when... He was projected 
higher than where we were, and we end up lucking into A.J. Griffin. I think we got a really good player uh, out of Duke from him. And the second-round pick at 51, because I'm going to talk about this now, no big trades as far as John Collins or other players, but we did make a trade with the Warriors to drop back in the draft from 44 to 51 exchange for $2 million cash. That's going to go to the owner. So some people feel some type of way about that move. It doesn't really, it's not really a basketball move. It's more just a financial move, which you can always improve your finances. I'm never going to knock that. But if you want to really, if you really set on every move you make in a draft being a basketball move, you're not going to like this move. But we still got a player out of this at the 51st pick in Tyrese Martin, 6'6", 215-pound guard from UConn. His comparison that I've seen, Amir Coffey, who we know very well what Amir Coffey can do against the Hawks. So to get a guy like Amir Coffey is going to be good for us here. Uh, he shot 43% from three last year, which was an improvement. He was not a really good shooter his first couple years in college, but that's something that he did improve upon. He has a 39-inch vertical, so an elite, not an elite, but a really good leaper, really good rebounder for a wing player, has a nice post-up game, can defend, good motor, great off the ball, not an elite ball handler, can struggle scoring in traffic, and can struggle defensively against smaller guards. And one knock for people is that he can be seen as being too passive of offensively. I don't see that as a problem given where he was drafted and what his role will probably be on his team. We're not going to be asking him to be aggressive offensively. Maybe if he steps into that role as a bench player, we want to see him be a little aggressive. But if I mean, I don't see that as a problem where he was drafted. And one thing is that he doesn't improve as a free throw shooter. But solid prospect. I like his frame. I like his athleticism. I like his potential on both ends. Same with A.J. Griffin. So I like the draft for the Hawks. I mean, we have been drafting very well. Now, I hate that we not are not seeing these guys get opportunities because of a old school ideology or philosophy from Nate McMillan. But we have some guys that could potentially be contributors on his team in various roles. Jalen Johnson, who I mentioned, A.J. Griffin, who we just drafted. Skyler Mays, we have to figure out. Um, Sharif Cooper, who was doing very well in the G League last year. I just want to see these guys get an opportunity. And or if not, let's see them development. Development plan. Let, let's see them develop. Let, let's see it. Um, I'm big on player development. I know what he can, can, can do. And we've seen teams that have been very successful developing players like the Toronto Raptors have. So I would love to use that formula here in Atlanta, especially if we're not. We're always going to be in trade conversations, but we're never going to land the monster trades historically that people want to see that are game changers for franchises. And hell, we still may have an opportunity for that this offseason, which will lead me to the next part, which is the John Collins update. John Collins is still an Atlanta Hawk. And I talked in episodes leading up to the draft that I thought 
he may be moved. There was reports he was going to be moved by draft night. And right now, he is still an Atlanta Hawk. But according to The Athletic, John Collins has reportedly done with Atlanta. Despite not being traded on Thursday night, he's done. He wants to move on. There were reports throughout the season about his frustration with the role and you know challenging certain aspects on the team. And it showed in, well, obviously he was hurt, but like his role that he was used in the entire year. And I think him not being traded on draft night had a lot to do with if they were going to make a trade draft night, if it wasn't the Blazers, I think it was going to be the Kings. But the Kings offer was reportedly underwhelming, according to reports covering the Atlanta Hawks side of things for John Collins, especially when it was reported that at first it was going to be the fourth pick in Harrison Barnes. And then the Kings changed their tune and said, you know what, we'll trade Harrison Barnes, but we want to keep the fourth pick, which certainly is not worth it. And I even said the episode before, if the fourth pick and Barnes are involved, I take that trade. I take that trade, get Jaden Ivey. But hell, the Kings didn't even get Jaden Ivey. They got Keegan Murray, who was a good scoring forward from Iowa. So I don't knock the pick. He's probably going to play the three next to Sabonis at the four. We'll see how that works out. And they still got Rashawn Holmes right now. But. Barnes for Collins is not it. So I'm glad they did not make that move because it was going to just make Hawks fans even more upset. So if that was the best move, the best play at that time, and we didn't make it, I'm fine with it. Same with the Portland Trailblazers who were more focused on OG and Anobi in Toronto in the seventh pick you know, package than John Collins. So... You know what? I'm fine with the Hawks sitting tight on John Collins for now, but I still think he will be moved. And I wrote this at the end, but where will he end up? I don't know, but I don't think it will be in a Hawks jersey this year. And as of today, there was a report that the Spurs are still doing some intel and calling around about John Collins to the Hawks. So those who are still on that, DeJounte Murray to Atlanta hype train, you can take solid in that. It's still a possibility. There's still a possibility that could happen. But there are reports that said even though they are negotiating, they are still far apart from reaching a deal. Now, we've seen this historically. When you hear about reports saying that teams are far apart from reaching a deal, that gap can be closed in a matter of hours, days, or it could be weeks for that. So I'm not going to hold my breath. We're going to let the people who get paid to do this. And I really think the Landry Fields Spurs connection is the reason why these conversations are going to continue to be had. So just sit tight. I know John Collins is not sitting tight. He is pretty anxious and ready to move on. I hate to see him go, but like I always say, if we're not going to utilize him to the best of his ability and what he can do, we need to move on from him and get someone we're going to utilize that can push the needle for the Atlanta Hawks. Other player that I'm going to focus on in this episode, because I'm not going to have a long, drawn-out episode, DeAndre Ayton. A report this morning 
according to James Edwards III from The Athletic, says that Detroit has had a change of course in their plans for pursuing DeAndre Ayton. And after getting Jaden Ivey with the fifth pick in the NBA draft and then getting Jalen Duran in that trade in the first round from Charlotte, the front court pairing, and this is according to Edwards III, of Stewart and Duran, and this is my quote, Stewart and Duran is pretty nasty as a front court. So he reported Edwards that it does not make the most sense giving max money to Aiden when they have that front court that they do in Detroit that looks really promising and they're young. I mean, Aiden's young too, but still, that would be a really log jam front court by adding Aiden. But there is still interest there for DeAndre Aiden in Detroit. And I would still consider them the front runner out of the teams that could possibly go and get DeAndre Aiden. Now, according to another report today, the Hawks are still intrigued by DeAndre Ayton. This is according to Mike Chiari from the Bleacher Report. However, they want to sign, and they as the Atlanta Hawks, to sign DeAndre Ayton in a sign-and-trade if it is for less than the max. So, out of the likely candidates for DeAndre Ayton, I think Detroit is the front-runner. I think Atlanta is a... Not so distant second, and I think Chicago is a sleeper in all this as well because Chicago has been linked to Rudy Gobert. They need to improve on interior defense, and Rudy Gobert is probably a better option defensively and scheme-wise, I feel like, for the Chicago Bulls. But then DeAndre Ayton, who a lot of Bulls fans like because he is younger and cheaper than Rudy Gobert, so, and I get that too, I feel the same way, but I think Detroit's still number one, I think Atlanta does have an opportunity, um, but it's all about, can they convince DeAndre Ayton to come here for less than max money, because it's been known, they want max money, that's why they were upset with Phoenix last offseason for not offering it, and he did have a really good year this year, so, you know what, I'm all about getting your money, but we got to see where these things fall out. So free agency is coming up. We're going to talk about free agency leading up into, obviously, next week. It's going to be a really quick turnaround. And I'm going to try to get some people on here to talk free agency as far as what will the Hawks do. And maybe the reason why John Collins is still on the team, because maybe they think they have a shot at Aiden. Maybe they're more focused on Aiden than Murray at this point. But... We're going to see. We're going to cover it. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, Georgia sports fans. Does not matter. Put them on the show. Follow us on Twitter. Put us on on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That is at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself at Brad Jarrett67 on Twitter. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. As always, I appreciate you guys. We're going to keep this thing going. And we're going to continue to watch John Collins, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Aiden for the next week for sure. Minimal. But next ongoing weeks as well. So we will catch you guys next time.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.